Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. I am your faithful correspondent here at the crime scene, Rattlesnake Ranch. I am Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve, the first psychologist of podcasts that finally bring you into the great outdoors. And I'll give you a little tour in a minute. But my co-host, James Breakwell, we got a lot to talk about today, man. Are you ready to go? Yes. I mean, we actually kind of had a pre-production meeting. It wasn't a real meeting. I was just stalling while my program opened up. <laughs> but it, we talked about the podcast, which is which is something for yeah. us. Because something amazing happened last week. We asked you guys to vote down a stupid word on Urban Dictionary. And not only did you vote it down, somebody wrote a new word, new word definition and voted it up. Uh, so <laughs> would you like me to read the new definition of Fravis, Steve? James, I can never deny you reading my own words back to me. Please. All right. This was posted by Wrong Lister on March 2nd, and I'm sure that's the, their real name. Fra real name yep. on their birth certificate. Uh, yeah. Fravis is a term for garbage or junk that comes in a number of pieces, often but not necessarily particulate, such as Legos strewn on the floor, and common use according to very wrong people. And it, the example they gave is the crimp in the wax ring caught a bunch of Fravis going through and ended up clogging the toilet. <laughs> wow, it's like a man, a genius man, an enlightened man, used those very words last week on this very show, James. My sincerest hope. So they were, the other definition was something about a leaf that makes a sound when you kayak past it in the Everglades. Absurd. And anyway, Absolutely absurd. so this thing in all this time had one up vote and one down vote. And it was posted in 2010. It was posted 12 <laughs> years ago. So my sincerest hope is that when somebody votes on your post, I hope you get an email notification. I hope there's a guy out there. <laughs> I guess it, I, I know who it is. I guess it's Scotty Yats. I hope he all of a sudden got his email blown up because he got 76 down votes. And he has no idea why. He had he did, however, get one up vote. So one of you listeners is a terrible person. And then on no 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 that was there already, James. That one was already there. He, That's probably the author's up. Vote. No, he had he has two now. It started with one. He's got two. Oh. No. No. Yes. Oh, okay. Someone oh betrayed us. But then on the other oh, end, James, it's more than one. It's more than one. Then you, Just keep going. Yeah, up. your definition, your definition yeah. got seven down votes. Every one of them deserved. So I can't fault those people what? at all. No, James, these are people that are bound and determined to watch the world burn. That's who we've got listening to this podcast. I got uh, the most disturbing email in my entire time on the internet, though, after the Fravis incident. So somebody <laughs> somebody emailed me, and they said, my father just used Fravis in a sentence. And I was like, no way. Woo! This is impossible. Woo! But So I, I emailed them back to clarify, and I said, "Was it? did you tell them about Fravis first? And she said, yes. So she taught him a word. It did not come up organically. I don't know why she would spread it, but she did. And the world is now oh, a worse place. Baby. Mrs. Steve has been using it too and then pausing with delight, with like smirking. <laughs> like I'm supposed to throw her a treat or something every time she uses it. But it is getting out into the vernacular, James. Well, it has now been featured in no less than two podcasts listened to by literally dozens <laughs> of people. So I, I don't know how it could possibly spread further than this. 
I, either that or Judy P's got a whole bunch of shadow accounts out there, and she just keeps hitting that thing up, 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 up. Well, I, I would take that. I, I don't care. We don't need real listeners. I just need, I just need fake, uh, fake adulation. That's all I want. But I guess <laughs> that's what you get from me. Well, yeah, I don't get any adulation from you. That's <laughs> <laughs> that would would solve many of our problems if I got even a little bit. But I guess you've got a, yeah. you've got a whole bunch more Fravis in your life right now. I think trying to set this up, or maybe in between. I don't know. I, text messages were exchanged midweek, which is always unfortunate. I don't like hearing from you a second time. But mm. my understanding is there's no cabin left and everything was destroyed in a great flood <laughs> oh god well if mrs steve had her way there would be a drone strike with napalm going on right now yeah we uh so we lost water last week because <laughs> well this is the second time this has happened and i'll back up a step after i tell the big part of what happened we blew a seal in one of the main lines that lead to the kitchen and it flooded the kitchen and it was like a geyser coming up. You have no idea how much pressure is in those pipes you have running all through your house. But uh, Mrs. Steve was home alone when it happened and she had to deal with it and run outside, turn the water off at one of the ball valves. <laughs> <laughs> and then she came in, she had to clean up the mess with the shop vac, the wet dry vac. She had to put, she had to take all of the the counters, the the cabinets that she had just installed, she had to uninstall them from each other and from the walls to pull them out to be able to dry them out and get underneath them. So by the time I got home that night, she was, in a word, frustrated with Rattlesnake Ranch, but that's not even the worst of it. So after we get everything put back together, which takes until the next day, because we have to go buy a new seal and a new coupler, and we replace CPVC with PEX, which uh, that very few people listening to this damn show are gonna know what that means. But after everything got put back together, I went outside, flipped the ball valve back to parallel, and there's no water. <laughs> so <laughs> at this point, Mrs. Steve is warming up the engines because she's about to order like a Sherman tank to come through and just rip everything out of the ground. But call the water department and it turns out they had a water main break and had everything shut down. And uh, that was it. That was a white flag for us. We went to a hotel that night. But here's the interesting thing as I circle back. This is the second time <clears throat> that we have had something blow up in our water system. And the second time where after we fixed it, we found out there was a water main break with the main line coming from the city. So some alert, I have two water guys on Twitter who have both been on my podcast. And one of them said, I think what happens is there's a pressure surge through the line. And that not only blows out your whatever is the weakest link in the chain, but it also blows out whatever's the weakest link in the city's chain. And so by the time you get yours fixed, they're just figuring out where the leak is and digging it up with a backhoe and then trying to fix it, which is why you fix yours and then there's still no water. I'm guessing, James, this is not the last time we will have this happen, but I will say we now at least understand where all the dominoes lie. And I think, I think we've got most of those seals replaced now just because this was so remarkably unpleasant. So to clarify, your screwed yeah. up valves are breaking the main line for the city or the city's screwed up stuff is breaking your lines? The city's screwed up stuff. The city is not regulating its pressure very well. So when a surge comes through, not only does it blow out our stuff, which is old, but their stuff, which was probably built 
I don't know, right? Probably literally with like uh, the work, uh, the public works projects, like right after World War II. I'm guessing that's about how old the lines are way out here. So as they have to replace all of that, we have to replace all this and everybody is unhappy. Okay, so for, forgive me because I, I don't know much about plumbing because the plumbing in my house just works. Like things don't explode constantly yeah. and for no reason. Yeah. So Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> you're so smart. I have disasters of my own and they're horrible. But then I talk to you and my life just seems so much better by comparison. <laughs> yes. why, is the, why is the pressure surging? I thought how this worked is there's just a giant tower of water somewhere and it was just gravity. The weight of the water was pushing it down at a constant rate. Is there like different gravity at Rattlesnake? snake ranch is this like a, a, a an alien haunting kind of thing or what what's going on the pressure's fluctuating shouldn't it just be standard from gravity you know the funny thing is when we first looked at the property there was a giant 500 gallon water tank with a pump in it hooked up to the house and we were like why does the guy need this thing when the city water can go right into the house why is there an intermediate stop where it fills up this 500 gallon water tank and my guess is because the water system out here came out of like pre-world war one like uh i almost said russia or the ukraine but obviously that's not politically correct right now but we'll say yemen pre-world war one yemen that's the kind of equipment that we've got so it is not regulating itself very well and i'm guessing the giant water tank was to keep a little bit of a firewall between us and that dysregulated pressure we of course ripped that thing out of the ground and connected the city water right up to our house and therein lies the rub whatever we do will be the absolute wrong thing and it will lead to disaster could you put another 500-gallon tank in, or is it too late for that? It's never too late. We, um, we gave the tank away. My father-in-law took it to Colorado to use as a, a water collection system. We've got uh, maybe no more of these left in us. So if it happens <laughs> again, we are going to do something different because this one, this was a bad one. I man, are is your uh, are your cabinets are they like real wood or are they that that fiberboard stuff? Yeah, it's that press. It's just the press board crap the, that cabinets are the made stuff out of that, nowadays. That's not supposed to get wet like ever. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, just, oh that's what I was God, trying to verify. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, you got it. Yeah. So you don't have cabinets so much now as you have piles of mush. Uh, Mrs. Steve was able to run out and grab, I keep losing my camera off the post here, so it's, it's going to look bad when you put this video together, and I apologize to our listeners who are more nauseous than usual while they're watching us, but uh, Mrs. Steve ran out and got some 6x6 six six blocks, I'll show you where they are when I take you through a quick tour in a minute, but uh, she put all the cabinets up on blocks so that the air could get underneath them and dry them out. I guess I'm the most surprising part of the story is that you had a kitchen. I thought you just had a, a gaping chasm where a kitchen was supposed to go. So you actually, you flew too close to the sun and attempted to create a kitchen and then God smited you. Yeah, we got a little arrogant, I've got to admit. Uh, God looked down and said, you shan't have good things. And he who shan't because he uses like old biblical language when he talks to us. But uh, yeah, cabinets started coming in and Mrs. Steve just started installing them one after the other. And you have to hook them to each other and hook them to the wall and keep them all level and even <laughs> while you're doing that. And so she put a lot of work into that day and then it all went to hell in a second. And uh, that's the kind of frustration that we deal with here, James. 
I love how you keep saying we only have one disaster le left in us. I've been hearing that for the last 65 disasters in a row. I think <laughs> no, I mean, I mean only one water-related disaster before we get a backhoe and put another firewall uh, tub. Water crap. What's the word I was looking for? Giant water bin. God, what's the word? Tank? Tank, tank, yes, another giant water tank. I'm so Fravis right now, James. That's not even how Fravis, you, you can't just use Fravis as every part of speech. You're, you're destroying your own definition. You had a small group of people convinced it was a real word, and now you're just throwing it around like so much it, Fravis. It, it's a noun. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a noun. There. All right. Now Breakwell's using it. We know it's in the common vernacular. Oh, you know, someday I'm going to accidentally use that someplace where it matters, and it's just going to ruin my life. It'll be, be in job interviews, wedding vows, uh, uh, acceptance speeches. I think this word can really start getting out, James. You know, the fact that the English language is so flexible is really a downside in moments like this. It really, it should, it, there should be some sort of governing board to keep words out from people like you. Well, I do still encourage everyone to go to the Urban Dictionary and uh, downvote the Florida Everglades version of Fravis and upvote the uh, toilet ring <laughs> version of Fravis because it's obviously the correct usage. You know, really, I, I expect you to create more words, but, but all of the profanity nature as uh, things continue to go wrong. The fact that uh, the fact that you fixed the weak points, but you expect it to surge again, just fills me with joy. Because there's no way, like, you can never fix all the weak points. You just you just create a new weak point. Whatever you make stronger, now something else by definition is weaker than your strongest point. So that's true. So now, whatever explodes, it'll be it'll be in someplace new, someplace you don't expect. It could be anywhere. Maybe the small cabin, maybe the big cabin, maybe your bathroom. Oh, by the way, okay, that, that brings up another disturbing image that I had from earlier today. Yeah. Why were you writing in your bathroom? Oh, because uh, the cabin is ostensibly one room that's sort of divided by interior walls. There's no doors. There's no real walls. So if I'm going to write, I get up early. I get up some mornings I get up at 1.30 a.m. to write when I have a 6 a.m. client, when my day starts early, when I have clients later in the day, or Tuesdays and Thursdays I don't work, so I'm here on the ranch. I'll sleep in till like 4 a.m., mm -hmm. but I've got to find somewhere that I can hold myself away and write with the lights on and me banging away at the keyboard without waking up Mrs. Steve, and the bathroom is the only room, room, room in the house. How loud do you type? <laughs> Just I'm... Uh, I am an aggressive typer. I'm an angry typer. I picture like just like a seal just slapping the keyboard with its flippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a full cup of coffee and a full head of steam, and it I lay it on to that keyboard, Breakwell. Man, and so were you like literally sitting on the toilet, or did you, were you nestled in the tub? No, I've got like a, a tiny little table because our place is not very big and a folding chair. And I just sit and I do my typing and I have written at least three books on this apparatus. Everything about your life makes me sad. It really, it just, it just Imagine keeps getting worse. Imagine living it, Breakwell. <laughs> You're sad just listening to it when you can retire to your well-heated and air-conditioned house that has like running water and electricity and doors that close and square footage. Ah. Oh. All of you bourgeois, yeah, I, you make me sick. 
I'm a man of the people. We have well. we have interior walls. We have an actual kitchen. We have no coyotes. It's uh, it's paradise here. <laughs> I didn't think it was before talking to you, but now I'm I'm so happy. I'm I'm never going to move, and I'm definitely never going down to Rattlesnake Ranch, where only death <laughs> and flooding await. I am feeling the wind pick up, and so it's going to start messing with the sound here on the speaker. But let me take you on a quick Ooh. tour. And uh, I can't see very well what I'm showing you because the camera's flipped around. But uh, out there, we've got the little pond. And our property goes all the way to where the trees meet the sky back there. We've got about a mile of length. And let's see, so that over there is the small cabin. We just put siding on that and made it twice as big. We've got, uh, there's the dog house. Just ignore what happens in the doghouse. This is the side of our big cabin, and I'm walking around. Mrs. Steve is kind of working under the overhang there. There's the burn barrel. If anyone follows me on Twitter or Facebook, you saw the video. You did not see the video of me shooting the holes in the burn barrel <laughs> because uh, I would have probably gotten an FBI file opened on me. We've got the garage here and uh, making our way through. I did want to show you two landmarks that are very popular in my videos. One, there is, uh, do you see it? Let's see. I got to get this positioned right. I got to walk over here a little more. My turkey decoy is right there <laughs> trying to lure horny male turkeys onto the property. That is a smoking hot mama turkey, James Breakwell. I will and then, take your uh, word for it. <laughs> Up there is the, the feeding spot. We had three groups of deers come through last night, a group of six, a group of eight, and a group of four. And as near as we could tell, I think they were all different groups of deers coming up to eat at the feed spot. So that's your thumbnail tour of the place. I've got a question, one of your measurements there. Did you say your property is a mile long? Yeah. Yeah, it's about a mile from the street to the back of the property, the back fence line. And then we vary between about a quarter of a mile and about three quarters of a mile wide. How many acres is it? 140. Okay. So I did some quick math, and by quick math, I hit up Google, and it said that a square mile is 640 acres. So I guess if it's a quarter mile wide and a mile long, I guess it could be what you're saying. So, yeah, that's about yeah, right. I guess so. I, I was here. I was going to make fun of your measurements. I, I guess I've never never known anybody who has a mile of property, but I'm out here <laughs> in Indiana where everything is square. You don't, you know, nothing goes for a mile in any direction. You just have big blocks. But I, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess things are different in Tennessee. Nobody wants to be down there. So you can just take big strips of land where nothing can survive. <laughs> I tell you, Tennessee is hot right now, and we, uh, we didn't want to live in the suburbs anymore. I've got behind me, by the way, an old outhouse, and now it's a gardening shed. Or, as I like to call it, it's the place where the snakes are going to hang out and eventually bite me. Does it still have the hole, or was it moved to a place with no hole? It is... Uh I would try to open it, but I, I tried opening it on a Facebook Live video, and it wouldn't open like the door was mm -hmm. jammed shut. And so I look like Geraldo Rivera in Al Capone's vault. Just there's nothing. So I will wrestle it open when we can uh, get a little bit better of weather. It 
just to answer your question directly, no, it's flat earth okay. on the bottom of the outhouse. So you have to go in there and dig your own hole. It's a self-service kind of situation. <laughs> I'm guessing it was built as a gardening shed to look uh, like an outhouse, but it still is a nice conversation starter out here. Well, that's I guess your, your whole property isn't that old. It definitely was built in the age of uh, modern plumbing, even though your plumbing seems to be older than uh, the earth itself. So... It, <laughs> raises the question how, how can there possibly be this many problems on what's essentially new construction and yes i know it's sat unused for three years but you know pipes unused for three years but in a mild climate of tennessee on top of hill like i just i i think they gave you the budget house here i think there were some corners cut <laughs> maybe it uh, the other variable that you're not taking into account is how much wildlife was inside the house doing damage during those three years like the whole reason we don't have any cabinets or countertops or anything is because Mrs. Steve had to tear them all out. They were all soaked with mouse urine <laughs> and mouse feces. <laughs> so the mice chewed a lot of the electric cables inside the walls. And uh, I'm guessing they did uh, just the house roasting, baking in the summer started to weaken, I think the glue seals on some of that CPVC. So that's probably why the plumbing is so weak. And then the other issue is as like uh, animals and nature started tearing away the siding on the cabins, I think uh, water got inside the walls and did a little more damage. I'm walking everyone over here to show you where this, uh, where this wrap on the back of the house is. That's where we had to redo the entire master bathroom shower. The whole thing had to get ripped out and the wall was rotted all the way through to the outside. <laughs> So we had to rebuild all of that. And uh, as soon as the weather gets better, we're going to put the new steel or the metal siding all over it to protect the house now. Wow. Disasters yeah, I've a... forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the list is long and distinguished. And uh, someday I will chronicle all of it in a memoir that only you and I will read. It's bold of you to assume I will read it. I will, I will do what you do for all of my books. I will buy it and never open it. Did you purchase my uh, cow, my dairy farming yes, book? Yes, I purchased your dairy farming book. I believe I purchased Ooh. it on Kindle. Yeah, I'm a, I am a supporter here. You, however, have yeah. you're like three books behind for me. Yeah, but wait. No, I have all your Do you books. have all? Even, oh, even the sci-fi no, book? No, I don't ah. have the sci-fi I'm trying to remember. Did I did I tweet a promo for your uh, How to Be a Man book? I think I did. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because nobody follows you, so it wouldn't have made a difference. But I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> I do what I can, Breakwell. You know. Yeah, you're making me feel inadequate, though, sitting in there on the toilet with your tiny little stool. Uh, you know, typing <laughs> typing a book every morning, waking up at one thirty. I uh. I am I am waking up later and typing less a little bit every day. Just as I get older, I slowly give up on life, and that's I feel like where I need to be. Because you are like the pinnacle of ambition right now. You you uprooted your whole life and went out there into the wilderness to do something great, and look where it got you. And I just keep thinking I need to try less hard because all around me, if I step out of my <laughs> comfort zone, is only pain and failure. So thank you for being the negative example for my life. 
Well, I appreciate that. It's rare that I get such a heartfelt <laughs> compliment from you, James. It's uh, every once in a while. I need, to, I need to be reminded of what can go wrong. We, uh, well, the, the other day we uh, were talking, my, me and my oldest daughter, about a house we almost bought. We, uh, it was the one that was ten thousand square feet, and it came up for sale in our dream well. neighborhood, and it just needed some renovations. And by some, I mean like all of them. And we ended up not doing it because we couldn't get the money back out of our current house. And I look back on that, and I think, thank goodness our current house is a money pit. Because if not for that, uh, by the grace of God, I would be where you are right now. We would be t- you know, tearing out floors and walls and fighting mice and doing all of that. But over a, rather, our, the 10th out, basically, instead of having a 300 acres outside, it was basically 300 acres indoors. So it all had to be renovated. Uh, and we skipped that. Instead, I just scared and stayed in the house we were in. And uh, this is it. Yeah, I just set my expectations low and I just keep them here forever. The downside is you know where I live and I can't, you know, dodge that anymore. <laughs> If we would have moved, man, you would have never found me again. But the upside is my pipes don't explode. So I got that going for me. <laughs> Knock on wood, brother. Yeah, this is true. And but By the way, you gave me the address of that house because I had it uh, bookmarked on Zillow for a long time. Oh. So I would have been able to find you. <laughs> you and the, somebody else. Somebody else found it because I said it had an in-ground pool. And based on that one, I didn't say the city, I didn't say the wow. zip code. Based on the fact that it had an in-ground pool, they looked it up and found it. Wow. Like, wow, I will never be safe <laughs> again. <laughs> Apparently not that many houses have in-ground pools. So it, Indiana in-ground pool narrowed it down to like 10 choices that apparently only one of those was 10,000 square feet with no floors so I guess that made it real easy <laughs> was it an in-ground or an indoor it was an, it had okay so it had an indoor uh a jacuzzi or a hot tub like built into the floor oh. of the living room which is wild but then it had an outdoor oh, in-ground pool <laughs> that was a death trap it was built in like the 50s and it went so one side was five feet and one side was 10 feet and that was it there was no gradual entry or anything it was just five <laughs> feet 10 feet with straight down concrete sides i mean it was the, the yeah. a child death trap like if you want to be child free just take your kids there for an afternoon and none of them are coming back alive so it's like we're, if we're going to buy this thing not only does the house not have floors currently, we're going to have to immediately hire like a dump truck full of gravel to come fill this in because I am not watching my children that closely. I refuse to move to a house that forces me to be a better parent. So uh, that's why we're here with no pool. You can't drown in a dirt-filled backyard. So everybody's safe. Amen, brother. Well, a dump truck full of gravel is one of the nicer names people have called this podcast. (laughs) And unfortunately, it has to come to a close. Like a dump truck full of gravel, we are going to let loose and drive off into the sunset until we meet again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel, same bad disasters. This is Steve Olivas for the exploding unicorn James Breakwell. Buy his book, please. He's so desperate. Saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right.